Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to another episode of Steelers Stat Geek. This is Behind Steel Curtain editor Dave Schofield coming at you once again on a Thursday morning. It's what we do. This is your morning podcast here at Behind the Steel Curtain. It's Thursday. You're going to get some geeky numbers. Uh, I don't know if they're that geeky this week. You know, some people think all numbers are geeky and others don't. Um, I had a slightly different introduction there. I don't know if you caught it or not. Um, I call myself Behind the Steel Curtain editor Dave Schofield. Um, Previously, I've been calling myself the co-editor. I went from before being deputy editor to being editor to being co-editor. Now I'm saying editor again. And I know some people, now that I've brought it up, they're like, what's going on? What happened to Jeff? Oh, no. For those of you that are here, putting up with me on Thursday, simply because it's your day off between Let's Rides. I understand how it goes. I'm part of the Ride or Die crew as well. Um, no, that doesn't mean anything. It, don't worry. Jeff Hartman's not going anywhere. Uh, yes, we did lose Jeff for a couple months about a year ago because it was a year ago at this time that I was acting as just the editor all, all by my lonesome as the editor uh, at Behind the Steel Curtain. That's when uh, Michael Beck moved up to be the deputy editor. And since we were able to get Jeff back on board last year, uh, just the responsibilities and everything changed. Um, Michael Beck took over our social media, does a fantastic job with that, you know, as well as writing articles for the website daily, pretty much. Um, and he's, he's the deputy editor. Well, when Jeff came back, he's like, well, let's do this job together. Let's, you know, we'll be co-editors. I'm like, I, I don't know. I'm like, sure. Cause I had just been the one doing the job, but 
after a lot of time and after, you know, checking to make sure that it, it's okay that we, you know, rearrange our titles and things like that, Jeff is getting the notoriety that he deserves. And that is behind the steel curtain. It, it, the reason I made sure that we got Jeff back on board is because he brings so much to help make behind the steel curtain, the, the, the place that it is both with the podcast, the editorial side, everything. Jeff Hartman is now the senior editor of behind the steel curtain. He is the senior editor. I am the editor. Michael Beck is the deputy editor. It's really more in line with how things go. I always, I mean, I make, I would make decisions with things as we would go, but if I, if I had the opportunity, I'm like, so Jeff, what do you think? So we, it's kind of how it goes. And Jeff has so much experience with it. And I kept really wanting to say, Jeff, it's not that you and I are in this complete, you know, as, as complete equals, you have so much more experience and, and we need to recognize that. So we are finally just finally letting me do it. We are finally recognizing Jeff for his experience. And he is now the senior editor, even though I'm older than he is, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that that's his title. So congratulations, Jeff. Nothing changes. Nothing changes on your end with the way that we do stuff. You're just going to hear um, different names and and everything for people. It, it, it's and it's just Jeff and I. All I did was I dropped the co because I'm it, I don't have anyone else now on the same level as me. Jeff is he's that next guy. He is where he should be uh, all along. And I really want to thank him for for making sure that he does that. And and Jeff, when he came back, he didn't want to step on my toes as me being the editor while he was gone because I'm the one who worked hard to get him back. He didn't want to feel like he was taking over, and, and he didn't. We're just we're doing things the way they need to be done. But that's enough talk about that. Some of you, that might be a big deal. Some of you, you're like, come on, Dave, get to the numbers. All right, I'm going to get to the numbers. Tonight, we're talking about age. And age is just a number. Or is it? We will see. And this came as a question from one of our, um, how do I say, one of our regular question askers, I guess is the way I'll say it. I don't know if question askers is the best way to, to do this. But uh, this comes from from Brian Haynes, also known as Captain Underpants in the live chats on our YouTube and Facebook shows. And he said he was trying to think of a good question for me to say. He's like, how does the age of a team Average age, age of the players, not the actual age of the team, you know, meaning that, you know, the Steelers have been around since 1933. That's what we're talking about. The age of the players on the team affect the performance. He says that he now knows that we're one of the younger teams. We'll see if he's right about that or not. Um, and he wants to know if it's a cause for concern. Um, I will let you all know that when you all send me a question, I'm always looking for questions. You can hit me up on Twitter or send me an email. It's Twitter is STLR Superfan Dad. For the email, you just add at gmail.com and you got me. I might not respond right away because I might be doing the research first to let you know what's going to happen. Like Brian sent me this question and I didn't get back to him right away until I could say, hey, I researched it and it's going to be on the show this week. So if you don't hear from me right away, it might be that I'm that I'm trying to figure it out. If you want to know if I actually got it when you send it to me, just send me a follow-up, and then I could always let you know. Like, oh, yeah, I got it. I'm working on it. So Brian says he really likes to, to hear when his questions are answered. So let's see if he likes this one or not. There was, my goodness, so many different things in so many different places I could look. I just went back and started looking at, first, just the Pittsburgh Steelers in general, not comparing with the rest of the NFL and, and, every, and everything else. Because when I do that, I've got another 
slightly different metric that, that you might be impressed with. But I just went back and I looked at the average age of the team based on what Pro Football Reference had listed for that year. I went back. I, I, I went to go. I was going to stop at 2005 because I was out of space on the bottom of my paper. And I'm like, well, I better at least go back and grab Ben Roethlisberger's rookie year. But I, I looked further back, but I didn't write them all down. But last year for the Pittsburgh Steelers, they made the playoffs. Their average age, according to Pro Football Reference, was 26.3. 2019, when they did not make the playoffs, the average age was 25.9. That was the lowest in any of the numbers that, that I'm going to go through going back through the Ben Roethlisberger era. Actually, it was the first time that the Steelers' average age was under 26 since Chuck Knoll's last year coaching in 1991. From that point on, it was all 26 and above. So just so you know. But it was 25.9 2019. The fact that it wasn't Ben Roethlisberger, part of that reason. See, because when you think of it in salary cap and everything, when you have an old quarterback that generally takes up so much of the salary cap space, you're going to have young players other places. So then when that old quarterback gets injured and doesn't play, you take him out of the mix. You add a young quarterback in with a bunch of young players. It, it does bring it down a little bit. So that was 2019. 2018 was 26.2. 2017, when the Steelers made the postseason, they were 26.5, which was the highest out of the last four years. Um, uh, 2016, it was 26.4. They made the postseason. 2015, it was 26.7. Steelers made the postseason. It was the exact same thing in 2014. It was also 26.7, and they made the postseason. And it was 26.7 in 2013. Three straight years of 26.7. But in 2013, the Steelers did not make the playoffs. But as they went on, um, they did in 2014 and 2015. Um, then it was 26.4 in 2012 with no postseason. Then you get to 2011, it was 27.2. They made the postseason that year. The year before when they went all the way to the Super Bowl, it was 27.5. Out of all the years I went back and looked at, that was tied for the oldest. And that was the year they went to the Super Bowl. Okay, 2009, it was 27.4, barely lower. 2008, when they won the Super Bowl, it was 27.2. 2007. When they made the postseason, 27.0. 2006 was a year they missed the playoffs, but it was 27.3. 2005, when the Steelers won the Super Bowl, it was 27.5. And in 2004, Ben Roethlisberger rookie's, rookie year, it was 27.4, which was much higher from the year before, which was 26.9 before Ben Roethlisberger got there, just so you know. Um, it was in the 26 range for several years there leading up to the to 2004 when it made a jump when uh when the Steelers got older at other positions and younger quarterback it was it's kind of interesting. I don't know exactly, I couldn't find I researched exactly what Pro Football Reference does if they look at just starters, if they look at the whole roster, exactly how they break it down. I'm not sure. But that's just what they went with. But I found some other numbers and I'm not going to go back nearly as far. I just wanted to go ahead and recap those. These aren't going to go back nearly as far, but I found another metric, and this comes from football outsiders. All right. Once again, they didn't describe what they did here very clearly, but I'm going to tell you what I'm pretty sure they did, um, and it's pretty neat. They have uh, an, an analysis that they do that's called snap-weighted H. So what they do 
is they take a player's age and they weight it based on the number of snaps they play. To me, simply what they would do is taking the player's age, multiplying it by the percentage of snaps they played on offense or defense or whatever, and then add all those up to average them. Of course, if someone played zero snaps, they just don't even factor. So, for example, in 2020, when Ben Roethlisberger played the majority of the snaps at quarterback for the Steelers, it would weigh a lot more. In 2019, when he only played six quarters um, total, you know, a game and a half, it would it would be a lot less because based on the percentage of snaps he played. That was really, really interesting. And it's really interesting to see how these teams weighed out. Now, the I hope I don't get this backwards because I'm going to try to switch them a little bit. They ranked them as number one being the oldest and number 32 being the youngest. I'm, I'll probably stick with that, but I was kind of looking at, you know, was it the younger teams? All right. Um, the Pittsburgh Steelers for 2020, when it came to the total snap weighted by or or snap weighted age, I've got. To, I know I'm going to mess that up. They were tied for fifth highest at 26.9. They were tied with New England, Atlanta, and Tampa Bay as fifth in the fifth highest in the league. New Orleans. They were the highest at 27.3. It went New Orleans, 27.3. Chicago, 27.1. Tennessee and Arizona, both 27.0. And then it was that group with that included the Steelers at 26.9. So they have them ranked. They had them ranked in the middle of that. I don't think they did it um, by alphabetical order to break the tie or whatever, because they broke it down even more. Um, they have just for offense, just for defense. And then they had special teams using the special team snaps that players played. Uh, generally, your special teams is is younger. For example, like the Steelers, their average age on special teams was 25.8. Um, and that, that was 19th where, you know, one is the oldest. Having young special teamers, not a bad idea. Guys can get up and down the field. The Steelers, they were, as I said, they were tied for fifth. But really, they were they had them ranked overall when they included everything as seventh in, in the NFL. That was also their rank when it came to offense. Their average age for offense was 27.4, which is going to be really interesting whenever I break this down even a little bit more by position. For defense, it was 26.7, where they were ranked ninth. They were the ninth oldest team. So the, what really brought the Steelers down when it came to the age and experience factor was the special teams that they, they give their young guys a high percentage of special team snaps. And I don't think that that's a bad thing. So that was 2020. Um, and as you can see, what about the teams that were that, that finished well, like the Steelers were tied with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who were towards the top of the list. They were eighth. What it might be is even though they were all 26.9, it might've been that they, they broke it down by further decimal points in order to actually rank these teams. Um, Kansas city, on the other hand, I'm still trying to actually find them on the list. They were middle of the road. They were, they were 17th at 26.4. That's what they were. And, and now we'll move on to 2019 here in just a minute, but I wanted to break down 2020 a little bit more. Um, they looked at teams that had like the biggest changes, like New England had a big change down because they were by far the oldest team the year before. Um, Tampa Bay had a big swing up swing up because of the veterans they brought in along with 
you know, Tom Brady. So they had some interesting swings, but they, they broke this down. They broke this down by position. And it was really interesting because looking at it by position, the Steelers were, had the, were third oldest at quarterback at 37.0 was the average. Cause you know, you had to factor in Mason Rudolph and even the few snaps of Joshua Dobbs 37.0. They were third. They were only behind Tampa Bay, which was 42.5 and Indy, which was 38.5. So they were the third oldest at the quarterback position, but notice, you know, the team that was the oldest there was the team that won the Super Bowl. But when you go to running back, the Steelers were the third youngest, only behind Indy and KC. And when you go to wide receiver, they were the youngest in the NFL in 2020. The youngest. So it all depends on what position you're looking at. Tight end, the Steelers, I'm ultimately trying to find them right now when, when I look at it that way. They were, they were past the middle half. They were, but then again, remember you had Vance McDonald, who's since retired. Eric Ebron's getting up there. That's probably going to be different this year. And then to round out the offense, if you look at the offensive line, the Steelers had the fourth oldest offensive line. That could be a problem. And that might be, that looks to change in 2021. 2021 should look to be different because if, but if you also want to look at that, Kansas city had the second oldest offensive line. So which you say, well, they got over the super bowl, but if you watch the super bowl, it was their offensive line that was really letting them down um, at at the end. And when it comes to Tampa, they were, I got to actually count this one, two, three, four, five, six. uh, They were the eighth youngest offensive line. So with the offensive line, you know, an average age across the NFL of 26.9, the Steelers were at 28.1. So, that you know, offensive lines where they were older. And I think you'll see a youth movement there. You're going to have that uh, this year. So then to look at the defense, the Steelers have one – they have the third oldest defensive line in the NFL. It's them tied with Baltimore – but they had Baltimore just ahead when you really take out the decimal places longer. And the oldest defensive line was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So age of the defensive line, not looking to be a terrible issue when you look at those other teams and their success. When you look at linebacker, um, the Steelers, they're, they're much, they're towards the, the top, actually not towards the top. They're, they're almost middle of the road when it comes to linebacker. They are 26.0, and I'm pretty sure that's the league average. Yep, they are right in the middle. And then when it comes to defensive back, uh, the Steelers are are younger, but not the youngest. They were 25.8, but they're about 12th in the NFL, which I thought was was pretty interesting. So that's more of a breakdown by position. Um, And when I told you that the Steelers were one of the younger special teams units, there are plenty of other teams that have younger special teams units. Like Tampa Bay was slightly younger than the Steelers. Um, Kansas City was much more younger than the Steelers when it came to their special teams. So that's 2020. What we're going to do now is we're going to go ahead and we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to not look at it by position, but we'll, we'll look at 2019, 2018, even 2017, where the Steelers were with that um, snap-weighted age, and then see – where the Steelers stand right now 
and what maybe what kind of conclusions we can draw. So stick around. We'll be back after this short break to do that. And I have a little another other another fun number to throw out to you then. So we'll be right back. When my phone rings, you found someone new. It's no surprise how life We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. are back with Steeler Stat Geek and editor Dave Schofield here to just continue to break down these numbers of age. Age in the NFL, how does it factor in with these kind of things? I just ran over this this great stat of the of the um, snap-weighted age. I did that for 2020. Now we're going to look at 2019. 2019 no, so if you let's let's remember the Steelers number from 2018. The Steelers number, not 2018, from 2020. From 2020, they're 26.9 when they when you did it by the by the weighted by the snaps it was 26.9. The year before in 2019, much lower. I still say that's part of the Ben Roethlisberger factor. They were 26.4. Now I told you when you were just looking at the overall age that this was the youngest average age on pro football reference for the Steelers since 1991 was the case in 2019. When it comes to the NFL, they were at 16th. They are middle of the pack. So even though it was young for the Steelers, now granted this is taking into account the the um weighting it by the snaps, they were middle of the road, okay? They were they were actually a little bit older on offense. They were 27.0, which was which was 11th. And on defense, they were younger of 26.1, which was 19. And they were also middle of the road of 16th um, for special teams, which was 25.9. But if you want to look at it that year, you were looking at the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs, who that year, I'm they were 21st when it came to age which is overall, which is actually one of the lower ones that you'll see when it comes to the team that won the Super Bowl. And you'll see that as we move on to the next one. That uh, that that was very interesting that that was one of the younger teams to win the Super Bowl compare, ranking-wise in recent years. So that's where the Steelers were in 2019. If you go back to 2018, so you went 26.9 in, in 2020, then you had... As I say that I have 26.4 in, in 2019. 2018 was a little bit different. They were tw- back up to 26.9. That was seventh in the NFL. It was basically tied with Washington, who they said was sixth. Um, and 
they were sixth in offense of 27.9, 18th in defense is 26.2, and 10th in special teams is 26.1. So they had older special teams in 2018. But what's interesting is the number one team ranked as the oldest team was also the Super Bowl champion. They were ranked number one in age. They were the oldest average age with weighted with snaps in the NFL. And the Los Angeles Rams, who they played in the Super Bowl, were they were 11th. So that's that's where they fell there. If you go back to 2017, the Steelers, they, they took another dip down. They were 26.5. They were 14th in the NFL is where they sat. They were 27.4 on offense, which was the seventh oldest, and 25.7 on defense, which was the 23rd oldest. They were down there on defense is what really brought them down. And their special teams were 14th, just as their regular average. Now, the Super Bowl champion that year was Philadelphia, who they were seventh overall, and New England was fifth. So there you go. If you want to have a better idea, I'll I'll go back with the Super Bowl champs a few more years because that might be more of what what you're looking for. 2016, it was New England. They were 10th. They were the 10th oldest. 2015 was Denver. They were 7th. 2014 was New England. They were 10th again. 2013, there's your outlier. Seattle was 30th. They were young. They were under 26 when that was weighted for snaps. And they won the Super Bowl over the 9th Highest Denver Broncos. You know, and a lot of people thought Denver was going to win that game. Um, in 2012, that disgusting purple team, they were sixth. Uh, 2011, the Giants, they were 10th. In 2010, we'll go back to there. Well, now, you know, we'll go a little bit further because we can. Um, the, the, the 2010, uh, Green Bay was 22nd while Pittsburgh was third. The Steelers were the third oldest team. And that's part of the reason why they got there. They were the third oldest team, but they but they didn't win it. Uh, the year before that, New Orleans was ninth. They beat Indy, who was twenty eighth. And in two thousand eight, when the Steelers last time last they won the Super Bowl, um, they were the twelfth oldest team in the league. They were they were twelfth. So I don't have data that goes back to two thousand five. It only goes back to two thousand six. So that's why I stopped there. So that's interesting that the Steelers where they fall and that. Yes, you you don't want your it's very rare that the oldest team wins the Super Bowl. I mean, New England did it a couple of years ago. But the reason I say that that's rare is you don't want to be it's that sweet spot. You don't want to be too old, but yet you don't want to be unex, inexperienced and things like that. So that's the ultimate question going into it. So I know what the question is now. Well, well Dave, what does that mean for 2021? Absolutely. Here's how it goes. I have a list based on 90-man rosters. Okay, so this is going to change. But we don't know the Steelers' roster yet. And, of course, we don't have their snaps that they're playing this year in order to do the snap-weighted age. So the best I can do is tell you the average age of the 90-man roster. And right now for the Pittsburgh Steelers, their average age of their 90-man roster is 25.44. Now, you got to remember, a lot of guys that aren't going to make that team are the younger guys, guys that are trying to crack their way into the NFL um, and and catch on with the team, things like that. There could, I mean, there's the occasional older guy that just is going to get cut because they don't have it anymore. But generally, the average ages get dropped down 
during training camp because of so many young players there. Now, if you want to know where this is, this the Steelers were ranked 20th oppositely. They're the 20th youngest team right now. So that puts them, so I was just making sure I had my numbers right. Sorry if I paused for a moment there. That puts them 11th if you were looking from the oldest team. Believe it or not, right now, the oldest team is the Houston Texans. That the Houston Texans have the have the have the oldest age based on everything. Um, it goes Houston, San Francisco, Arizona, New England, Tampa, Baltimore, Buffalo, Tennessee, Chicago, New York Giants, and then the Steelers, who have the same to two decimal places, the same average age as both the Washington football team and the Detroit Lions. So that's where they sit right now. But that's going to change. But that's the best we can do based on the data right now. So the number might look younger for the Steelers, but the fact that they're 11th still has them, you know, in the top half. I think that's where you want to be. They're getting right about to where that is. But really, it comes down to playing on the field. It really, it it it, it really does come down to that. So I have one more thing I was going to dive into since I have a little bit of time to finish off the show. And that was, I was talking with senior editor, Jeff Hartman and say, Hey, you know, I like to, to do, I was like to, ha- to do two different topics. I know this topic that I have this week is going to take a little bit longer to run through the numbers, but I always like to have another one, even if it's just small to finish out the show. I said, I said, what, what should I look at? Do you have a question? Um, and, and then he throws me one. I'm like, that's too good. I got to save it for its own show. And then he throws another one, or actually I thought, I thought of something. I said, no, that's too good too. Got to save that for its own show or do them both in one show. Finally got one. And this this is so Jeff Hartman inspired. You if you under if you listen to any of our shows, you're going to know why. I decided I, I was going to go back and look at punters drafted by the Steelers and how they punted their first year. Sure, just to get the information. It d- doesn't mean that that Presley Harvin the third or the second. I can't remember. I'm pretty sure it's the third. I don't Presley Harvin. We'll just leave it there. Um. Whether whether it's a big six or thick kick or whatever people wanted to call him, I'm not calling him Brian Anthony Davis's nickname because it, it just doesn't fit. So well, it doesn't mean that he's going to be locked into to anything going on here, but I just thought I'd, I'd break this down. The first thing of note that's nice, well, I, I searched in all the Steelers draft and I only came up with previously to Harvin four punters that the Steelers had drafted. Now, with the first one being Craig Colquitt in 1978. It's important to note that what it might have happened with that, I'm not saying the Steelers never drafted a punter before that, is it might have been that either, A, they just didn't have the player's position listed, which I'll tell you this, pro football reference, for some reason, doesn't have Benny Snell listed as a running back. You do a you do a filter for running backs, he's not going to show up. They just have him listed as a football player. They don't have his position in there. Um, at least that was the case a couple weeks ago and since, unless they fixed it. It could be that that was the case. Or the, the bigger possibility as you go back in Steelers history is that the player that punted also did other things. They There was just something else that was thrown on because the, you didn't always have just a, strictly a punter. But so we're going back. I'm confident that this goes back through the merger. So I'll just at least say that. Kicking it in in 1978, you had Craig Colquitt. He punted in all 16 games. He had 66 punts. He averaged 40.0 yards per punt. And on his career, he averaged 41.3. So below the career average the first year, not surprising. 
The next punter, oh, and he was a th- he was a fourth or sorry, a third round draft pick, by the way. Got to throw that in there. Um, the next punter drafted by the Steelers was in 1982. It was John Goodson. He punted nine games, and you're like, oh, why only nine? Remember what year I say he was drafted? 1982. That was the strike year. He punted in every game, but that was the strike year. Um, and this is regular season stats. I didn't I didn't throw in playoff stats. Um, he punted 49 times. He had a 40.4 yard average, which was also his career average because that was the only year he ever played in the NFL. Uh, that's an interesting story. I'd like to look into more, but I didn't find anything else about that. One drafted by the Steelers, punted one year. That was it. The next time they drafted a punter was 1985, was in the eighth round, also like Goodson, who was in the eighth round, was Harry Newsom. He punted all 16 games his rookie year. He had 78 punts. His average was 39.6. So it was under a 40-yard average, but his career was 42.5. And last but not least was the fourth-round draft pick of 2007, Daniel Sepulveda, which I do have to say the Steelers even traded up to draft him. Um, he he punted in all 16 games. He had 68 punts. He had um, an average of 42.4 his rookie year, and his career average was 43.7. So the biggest thing about that when I ran all those numbers that jumped out to me wasn't about the average in the career and all that. It was that every punter that the Steelers have drafted since, since Craig Colquitt that actually shows up as just a punter, they were the punter their rookie year. They punted every game. So although we talk about, is it a training camp battle or everything? It would take a lot, I think, for Presley Harvin to not win this job, because if you're going to spend the draft capital on a punter, he's your punter. So that's some little fun punt numbers there at the end. So thanks again for joining me. Make sure you are checking out all of our podcasts, um, not just the, the, the one part morning shows. We've got some good two part shows that have happened recently. Um, one of the writers from BehindTheSoCurtain.com, Shannon White, joined Tony and Brian on the Hangover Monday. That was that was a lot of fun listening to them. It was it was pretty good. And then we had an extra special Father's Day podcast with myself and Big Brosco on the Scobro Show, where we had Sam Highsmith, Alex Highsmith's dad. He came on for the full hour plus, and we just talked. You know, being a dad, being a Steelers dad, it was it was such a blast being on that show. If you haven't heard it, make sure you go back to listen to that, and I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did um, doing the show. And then I know that um, Wednesday night there was someone from uh, the University of Miami talking about uh, Quincy Roche on the curtain call. So lots of good stuff. That one's gonna that one will come out on the audio side a little bit later today. So make sure you're checking out our stuff, checking out the podcast. We might have a couple special short Father's Day ones coming out here soon. I know that was uh, a plan that, that our podcast producer Brian Anthony Davis was coming up with. So make sure that you're just. List checking out all the podcasts and that you're going to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. This is Behind the Steel Curtain editor Dave Schofield saying thanks for joining me. And as I always say, Anatomy of an ad. 
subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.